0: Welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. God is good. Can I get an amen? Amen. Another thing that uh, we want to announce and share with everyone this morning is We feel like God is calling us into new spaces, in a new season. We feel like God is bringing us into what's going to be a new year quickly. And he wants to sow seeds into what that can look like. And how does God want to expand our reach to reach more people for the goodness of Jesus. So over the next few weeks, we want to invite people into something. We want to invite you into what we're calling our legacy offering. An offering to give at the end of the year, above and beyond your normal giving. But you as a family to pray over what that could look like. What does it mean to you and your family to sow seeds into the future so that we can see God do bigger things in 2024 than we could imagine? So at the end of the year, December 17th, that Sunday, we're going to have a legacy offering where we want to take time to pray over it and pray for what God wants to do into 2024. And we want to just encourage everyone as you pray about it, say, God, what does that look like for us? How do you want to encourage us and challenge us and to take a good look at our finances to be a part of the things that you want to do into the future? Because above all else, he still reigns. And above all else, he's got a plan and a purpose, not only over the whole globe, but I feel like he's got a unique purpose for us here at Soul Revival Church. That he has called us into this space. There's a reason why we ran out of high school because we feel like where we are planted and the things God is doing isn't just happening on a Sunday, but it goes into a Monday throughout the week. And God wants to use us to impact the next generations. So be praying over what that can look like for you and for your family. And there'll be more details to come. But we're so thankful to have you this morning. Already been off to a great start. Uh, how many people just were in that time of worship? Like, wow, oh, praise God, I can feel your presence. Yeah? I love how he comes and enters in and meets us exactly where we are. We might not all have the opportunity to share with one another what we're dealing with and what we're struggling with. And uh, a lot of us wouldn't even share if somebody else asked. But God knows. He knows each and everything you came in here with today. And I pray that today he's going to speak to your heart directly. That he's going to encourage you, comfort you, but maybe challenge you a little bit too. Challenge isn't a bad thing. You know, we might treat it like a swear word. Like challenge? You challenge me? But God, the way that he challenges us is through something called conviction. It's never condemnation. If that's how you feel, like you feel like I'm worthless, hopeless, and no good, that's the enemy talking to you. So you can just say, shut up, devil. Can I get an amen? amen. But when we're hearing from God and his Holy Spirit is working with us, within us, He's, he gives us these convictions. And that's what I pray will happen today. Because we've been in this series entitled Soul Searching where we've all been seeking and trying to better understand who we are, why we were created, and what God has in store for our futures. And today is that culmination where I want to try to pull it all together and I pray that God would use it so that as we walk out of here today, things will look differently than how they came in. Things will look differently than eight weeks ago when we started this because we don't come up and just give talks because we think it's cool and sounds good. But no, we want to equip you for the battle that is called life. We want to equip you so that as you grow closer to Christ and you look more like Christ, that you can walk confidently in all of your life, Monday through Saturday, and know that I'm walking with the living God. And I can trust in him. But it takes some work on our end, just like any good relationship. I'll tell you, marriage is work, right, babe? Can I get an amen? But it's two people that are saying, hey. We're together in this thing. We're going to love one another in this thing, through all things and no matter what. Our relationship with God is even more important than that. Our relationship with God is one where when we go after him and we seek him and he wants to move and work within our lives, we start to look more like him. But then we we start to carve out time within our days because we just want to spend time with him. Because you can't get to know somebody without spending time with them. Amen. Yeah. So today we're going to be uh, getting into God's word because that's what we do. This is the living word of God, Holy Spirit inspired. And if you feel intimidated by the Bible, you don't need to. It's not a rule book. It's not a book of condemnation to tell you where you're falling short. No. It is a book, a love story about the living God who created us because he wanted to spend time with us. And as he did so, he says, look, let me give you some rules of life. Let me give you some ways of life so that when you follow it, it's not keeping you from goodness, but protecting your heart so you can encounter the joy I have to offer. This is that story. And because he gave us free will and sin entered in, it separated us from him. So what did he do? He sent his son to die for us. That's how much he loves us. To say, I'm going to send him to die for you so that you can have direct access to me. And praise God that Jesus didn't stay that way. He rose from the grave. But that is the goodness. That is the true story that we study in God's word. And today I want to bring us to Mark 12. And as we kind of close out this series and what we've been looking for, I just want to pray over our time together. God, thank you. Thank you that you're here right now. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to us and that you would speak through me and help me get out of the way. Whatever it is you would have for us today, God, help us surrender everything to you and go where you lead us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, Mark 12, starting in verse 29. So Jesus had been getting questioned about, hey, what's the most important law? What's the most important rule of life? And he responds, the most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So as we dive into this scripture today and what that means for our own lives, I want us to be processing, thinking about, God, what are the things you want to speak to me? What do you want to do, taking notes, this is the title, to bring me to new heights? New heights. I think all of us love the idea of new heights. Love the idea of going places that we've been dreaming about, going on a journey that God is calling us to, but the work along the way can be challenging. Make it difficult, and I feel like today what we need to walk out of here with is to know if I want to go to new heights, it will require a rule of life. Now, a rule is something that doesn't sound good, right? All these rules holding me back. The kids said, Amen. My teacher won't let me talk, told me to put away my cell phone. I did not have a cell phone when I went to school, all right? So, your problems. At least you can call somebody if you're lost. I just wander the streets? But we don't love rules. But the word in Greek for rule is actually trellis. That's good, right? Someone said, ooh, yeah. The rest of you, we're, we're going to get us all to ooh. All right. Because a trellis is something when built up properly allows vines to grow, allows grapes to grow up in there to be a fruit that is produced. And I'm thinking of these vines on the side of our house right now because it's just poor little pile that's just dying. And someone told us when we bought the house, you know, if you just put like a trellis up, this would just grow right up and it look beautiful. I'm like, you are right. That would be beautiful. But it would require work. So guess what? Almost five years in, that poor little thing is just still there. These vines are just dead. You might have come to our house before and be like, yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yep, because it's on a pile on the side. But it could be this beautiful structure on the side of our house if a trellis was put there. But that requires a little bit of work. And I think we've been challenging one another throughout this entire series to say what does it look like to work and to uncover things that are different. Because in week one of soul searching we took a glimpse into the shape of you. What is the shape of you? What is the state of your soul? Because if you want to go someplace new, you need to know where you're at right now so that you can grow to pursue that. So what is the shape of your soul? And in week two, we looked at the image bearer. That, hey, if you didn't know who you were or why you were created, you are created as an image of God. That God wants to use you to shine light on the world. But in order to be that image bearer, you have got to remove the mask. You know, I had that drastic moment, took my hat off. Then all my friends were like, you know, you had one of those hats you could just see through with the light. Already knew you were bald. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, I wasn't bald until, you know, a day before my birthday, about a month ago. And I took that leap. But what does it look like to remove the mask from our lives? And then week three was the sins of our father. How do we look at our past to understand why we are where we are? We like to avoid our past at all costs. But when you understand the generations before you, it can allow you to step into the new spaces and the new places that God has taken you. And week four was a dark night, not Batman, but those dark moments in our lives those dark moments where God has got us in a position to do something new, but there is an obstacle preventing us from getting there, and it's saying, God, what are you working in me? Which led into the following week being marked, being marked by the things that we've encountered and experienced, but to know that when we share our scars, we can show people what God has brought us through. Then we got down with a little R&B. I should have had the worship team still up here. It could have been like slow jam the news, you know, get through this recap real quick for you. Uh, But I feel like we need this here because it's all the groundwork for what we're going to do today, the foundation of what it all is. And last week we talked about living the dream, that dreaming the dream and living the dream are two different things. And to go from dreaming the dream to living the dream, it requires a maturing in me. I helped you out. You're welcome. A maturing in me. How do I grow into the person God is calling me? To become. So this week, I want to give some handles to it so that as we walk out of here, we'll say, hey, I want to go to new heights. But in order to get to those new heights, it will require a rule of life. Think of it like a motto, you know? Akun amitada. Thank you. What's a motto with you? Appreciate that. Which is a motto for life, but not a good one, right? Let's just forget about our past and hide out in a nice little valley. Sooner or later, you get bored. You get sad. You get alone. Or maybe your motto might be, um, it is what it is. Whatever it is, it just is. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm sounding like somebody that's high. But I guess that's, those are the people I might think are, are just like, it is what it is. Or if the world gives you lemons, make... Or that YOLO, do they still say that, young people? Yeah, a little bit. Sound like some older people who said, Yup, yeah. that's kind of like Facebook, you know? <laughs> you only live once. See, but I think God is calling us to a different motto. And that's what I wanna unpack in scripture today that will lead us to new heights. And it's this rule of life, this trellis that God wants to build with us so that it will put us in a position to see God produce fruit in our lives. Because that's what he wants to do. He wants to be with us and walk through it with us. So I wanna take us back a verse from where we kick things off to Mark 12, 28. It says, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. So the Sadducees have been debating Jesus, and who doesn't love a good debate, you know? And Jesus is just slaying them with the facts from the Bible. Bam, 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 and he's whooping them. So this teacher of the law would have been a Pharisee. Pharisees and Sadducees, they didn't get along. They're both trying to control the law and have their own little laws along the way because they want to control people. That's like, that would be like a full fall course for somebody. I just gave you in like 30 seconds, okay? So this Pharisee comes forward and he's talking to Jesus and he had heard him debating and noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Now as Jesus was asking this question or he was being asked this question, he didn't feel as though this guy was trying to attack him. This particular question is one that the Pharisees and Sadducees and all the Jewish leaders of the time would debate. There were over 600 laws. Could you imagine walking around life trying to figure out 600 different things? Like, uh, uh, I'm going to just stay in bed, forget it. (laughs) You know? How do you follow them all? And then they said, well, we're going to have some higher laws and some lower laws. Like those lower ones, like don't worry about it. You know, if you fall short, that's cool. Uh, Let's just focus on a few of them. So this debate was always taking place. So as they were coming to Jesus, it's like, hey, Jesus, what is your answer to this common debate? What's the most important law that we should follow? What does it look like to follow you and to do what God is calling us to? So that is the question that culminates in the scripture for today. And here's how Jesus responds. The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. I want to pause there for a minute because Jesus is quoting Deuteronomy 6.4. And in Deuteronomy 6.4, it started this phrase here that now the Jewish leaders every morning and evening would go and start a prayer with this verse. So as they're coming to Jesus and saying, what is the most important law? What did Jesus respond with? Scripture. How well do you know the Bible? How well do you know God's word so that as questions are asked or even you asking those questions can say, this is what God's word says. So Jesus is like, hey, all right, easy question. You know, let me just start it by how you craft and mold your days, mornings and evenings. This is something that you will go and pray, that you would quote this scripture from Deuteronomy. So Jesus does the same. Speaking to the rhythm of their life. Jesus does something unique in meeting them exactly where they are. That's what's so incredible about Jesus is you can be the most educated theologian or you could be someone that has never opened a bible before and Jesus loves everybody the exact same and will meet you exactly where you're at according to where you're at in your life. Man, that continues to amaze me. Cuz if only we loved each other that way. So as Jesus is meeting this Pharisee, this teacher of the law, this lawyer in some translations, as he's talking to him and he starts it off this way, then he says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. So what's the most important law? To love God. So what's the most important rule in our lives? To love God. Loving God is building a trellis. But what I like about this scripture, which is also pointing to Deuteronomy, is how it tells us to love God. And the first part, love the Lord your God with all your... Is behind me. We can do this better. Love the Lord your God with all your... Your heart. So I want to pause with heart. We love that word heart around here. One of our core values as a church is we hustle with And to hustle with heart is using the passion God has given us to pursue everything God has for us. So to have heart, to love God with all your heart is to say, what am I passionate about? And I'm going to go after it. So a few weeks back, I shared with everybody here like, hey, we got a basketball team. We're going to win the championship, fifth and sixth graders, not NBA. And guess what? Yesterday, we lost by 20. Yeah, tell me about it. But guess what? We played against a team that's an AAU team that plays year-round, practices all the time, and they came prepared. And we've only had like four practices to this point. But you want to know what? The stat sheet will say we lost, but I see it as we won. And that's why I told these boys, I'm like, guess what? You fought with heart. You can't teach passion. You either have passion or you don't. You can coach people. So now I'm like, hey, now we know where the bar is. Now we know what to work toward because guess what? The plan is still second place and to see them again in the championship. So now we just saw that. What does it look like to hustle with? What does it look like to work with passion going forward? And it's the same within our lives because here's what happens. We fail and we quit. We fail and we give up. We fail and we say, eh, God must not want me to do that i going go right back on the couch, trying to Netflix and wishing we could chill. If you don't know what that means, ask a young person after service. And I didn't have that in my notes, so I'm sorry for anyone who might be offended. But we quit. And as a core value as a church, when we say hustle with, we say we give everything we've got when we go after God. And guess what? We're going to fail. So let's fail fast and let's fail forward. Let's learn from our mistakes and figure out how to get better at it. So when you start to follow Jesus and things get a little bit tough and you might fail along the way, you get back up. You wipe off your clothes. You know, make sure you look real good. And keep it moving. Use the passion God has given you because God has instilled something inside of each and every one of you. He has created you on purpose, with purpose, and for purpose. He's saying, you know what, that dream you have in your heart, that passion you have around that that skill. You know the things that you're good at or you enjoy doing? God put that desire in your heart. But he loves you so much that he'll let you use it however you want to. But the way that he intends for you to use it is to glorify and honor his name. So how do we walk after God with passion? To say the things that I'm passionate about came from you, God. So how do I use that to glorify your name? And my guy Matthew, who's on the lights back there, my son, was heartbroken after that loss yesterday. Because he has passion and he cares about it. But right away he's like, How do I keep playing? How do I practice? What, practice isn't next week because of Thanksgiving? Let's practice anyways. Because he's got passion about it. You know what I love about the passion when he thinks about basketball is he says, I feel closest to God when I play basketball. The dreams that God has placed in our hearts and the things God is calling us to, he's saying, look, this is a way I want to bring you closer to me. And for those of you that have already given up on those dreams, start to go back to God and ask him, what new dreams does he want to birth inside of you? What are the things that you're passionate about? And then saying, God, if I'm going to love you, that means I have to passionately go after the things I like to do. Weird. That means you actually want me to be a part of saving the world. Everybody loves superhero movies. There's a new Beatle one. I'm like, should we watch it? I don't know. They just keep popping up everywhere. Because we love the idea of someone coming in and saving the day. Everyone is a ripoff to the gospel. Because Jesus actually came in and saved the day. But guess what he's saying? Hey, and I want you and 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 you. All of you to come with me on this journey because there's some more people to save. And I want to use you to do it we give up on ourselves too easily. We lose focus and we lose passion and we go, you know what? I'm not good enough. I wasn't built for this. But guess what? God's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for available ones. So let him work in you. Watch him work through you. He's just saying, come, step up. Say yes and watch what he does with it. Watch what he does with your yes. And when you are feeling challenged, say, yep, I'm headed in the right direction. Not today, devil. Because if I'm going where God's leading and I feel some opposition, it's because I'm on a mission and there's a plan and a purpose for what I'm about to do and what God wants to do in and through me and I will not be stopped. It's passion. It's loving the Lord your God with all your heart. Passion. Go home today. Start writing a list. What are the things I'm passionate about if you don't know yet? What are the things you know you're passionate about, but you feel too insecure or embarrassed about? Write them down and start looking at it and saying, That's not me saying that, that's God. Because it's time to get over your insecurities. It's time to get over the fear and to press into it because God calls us out of our comfort zone. If you want to do something different, you've got to do something different. Seems pretty simple, right? But we keep wanting to do the same things over and over and over and expect a different result. If you ever played a sport, your coach probably said it to you and told you that that's insanity, which actually is not the definition of insanity, but we're just running with it. But it's allowing God to birth things within us because he has created us uniquely in his image with a purpose that only you were created to fill. So get off the sidelines and get in the game. And you might lose a few games along the way, but learn from it. Get up quickly, fail forward, and watch what God does. As a church, the vision God has given us is to help people connect with God, discover purpose, live in community, and love our city. Discover purpose is in there because it's essential for us to follow Jesus. We're not trying to do things lackluster like, oh, got to do this. No, when you are following the living God and he transforms your heart, it is I get to do this? I get to be a part of a miracle working mission? Let's go. Where do I sign up? I'm in. It's the hustle. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. I'm gonna give you some framework for all four of these. If you're taking notes. If you're not, you can watch it again after. It will be online. If you're watching online, you better be taking notes. With all your soul. I think it's funny because who's heard the term soul care recently? Nobody? Okay. Well, I'll share with you then. You just heard it from me. But soul care is something that has been talked about all over the place. Every counselor, every person, every teacher, they're saying, you need some soul care. You want to know where they got it from? They don't know where they got it from. Right here. Soul care. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. So what does it look like to have soul care? It's loving God with your soul. All right, cool. That meant nothing to me because you just said soul a bunch of times. (laughs) What does it look like to love God with all our soul? Because that will give you the care for your soul that you need to continue forward. Well, it starts with the R&B, the rhythm and breaks. If you want to take care of your soul, you need to get time with God. It is spending that time alone with him each and every day. I would recommend try to start your day and end your day. And if you have a lunch break in between, spend a little time. And I shared a few weeks ago about having the Bible app, and it'll walk you through what it looks like to have quiet time with God. But that's what it will look like to bring comfort and peace for your soul. You got to get alone with God. You have got to spend time with God. And you have also got to create breaks within your schedule. Man, Our schedules can get filled up and packed so easily and quickly. But if you're not stopping and pausing to take some time for your soul, you're going to crumble. So how is your soul? What is the state of your soul? And if you need to spend time focusing on loving the Lord your God with all your soul, you're being commanded To not only spend time with him, but you know what else is good for your soul in those moments of breaks? Delighting in him. Reflecting on the things that he's done in your life. Oh, and get this having fun. Some people think, oh, as a Christian, you can't have fun. You're locked down now. Oh, you follow Jesus now? It's like, yeah, my fun just looks different. Who doesn't love a good game of mini golf? When we play mini golf, I love it because I'm having fun and then it requires some prayer time at the end. Our family is very competitive, okay? So we gotta center ourselves back, care for our souls. But God didn't just call us to this life to live miserably to be like, yeah, I'm a miserable Christian. Like, no, are you kidding me? Jesus, Was an attractive person that people were drawn to because he was living joyfully. And God calls us to have that ability to live joyfully and delight in the things that he's blessed us with. Go to a sports game. Hang out with some friends. But as you do that, that will bring health for your soul. It will help bring you into spaces and you'll feel healthy. You won't continue to step into a Monday morning thinking, oh, I already got smacked in the face because I got this agenda of all this stuff to do and I just feel unrested. But it is taking the time to get alone with God, but also taking the time for yourself to enjoy life so that you can be healthy in your soul. As we prayed over this city before we ever launched as a church, we had no idea what our soul revival name would be. We were at a kitchen table just praying, praying over this city as our hearts broke for the people we knew, young people, people our age who had young kids and they're struggling with addiction and we're just sitting there sobbing and crying and crying. And in a moment, Melissa is praying and she prays for soul revival. She looks up at me and we lock eyes and we're like, that's it. That's it. Because we want to see souls come back to life. But in order to do that, we have got to care for our souls so that we know to go to the source. We know where to go in order to get the fuel we need for our days and for our lives. So that we can see revival for what God wants to do. But we must care for our souls. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. The mind is a mysterious place. Like, I don't even know why my mind just went randomly in that direction. It is the most powerful muscle you can have. It controls everything we do. So it is essential that we win the war that's happening in our mind. There's a book called Winning the War in Your Mind. I would recommend reading it if you never have. We did a whole series on it a few years ago. But it's critical because our lives will go in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So our muscles need to be worked. We need to work out our minds. And to work out your mind when it comes to following Jesus, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, means digging into his word. If you're saying, I love Jesus, and you don't know the word, you don't even know Jesus, because Jesus is the word. He is the word who became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So if we want to understand who Jesus is, we have got to be in his word to understand better who he is. All these topics and all these things taking place in culture. And you're sitting there wondering, well, where do I fall on the side of it? Don't wait for us as your pastors to share that with you. Because I will tell you, what does God's word say about it? Are you taking time to get into his word? And this is different than the soul care part of it as you're reflecting on his word. Where you can process his word. But this is more of the work part. This is the, I'm going to dig into God's word, and I'm going to ask myself questions as I read a scripture, like what's God saying to me, and what am I going to do about it? And then taking time to pray over it, to say, all right, God, how do you want to use this in my life? And to study God's word, use tools and resources. The BlueLetterBible.org is a great website. You can look up any verse, and you can find so many references. Same with Logos is another great one. want to talk to me after service I got all kinds of books at home all these study guides and you know what's so cool the more I study God's word the more I fall in love with Jesus because it's the more I know Jesus the more I know Jesus the more I'm pumped up and ready to live with heart and passion after Jesus because I'm like oh he is even that good and at the same time the more I get to Jesus the more I realize I don't know about Jesus and I'm like oh I got a long way to go but it's good because don't you want a God that you'll never know fully because if you know everything about him that's not a God that's a rob or a bill. <laughs> Take the time to dig into God's word. We love to feed you, but that won't sustain you. But we would love to teach you how to fish so you can feed yourself. Get connected and plugged in. We've got a whole group going through our Emotionally Healthy Spirituality course right now. If you're in here... Raise your hand if you're in the course right now. Look at that. Man, I love it. It it is those people saying, I'm willing to work on my mind. I'm willing to press in to learn who I am in Christ and how to work forward into the future to go to new heights. Because in order to go to new heights, it's going to require a rule of life. And how do you establish it? It's focusing on what does it look like to love God with all my heart, with all my soul, all my mind. I'm going to take the time to dig into his word, which is what we've been doing. This coming Wednesday is our last of eight weeks within our course, and we're going to get to celebrate that. And there will be another season in the new year for anybody who's interested. But it's important because as you start to press in and better understand who you are, why God has created you, but who he says that you are, you're also equipped when those battles come. When you feel like you failed and you go, no, I'm created in the image of God. I am chosen. I know the plans he has for me, declares the Lord. Man, I'm struggling again. That's okay because in this world you will face trouble. But take heart because he has overcome the world. As you dig in and you plant God's word in your mind, it will transfer to your heart and you will be prepared for difficult seasons. But it's going to require the work. We don't like that though, right? Hard work is hard, but hard work always pays off. That's all right. I'm not giving you any notes beforehand with blanks. Sometimes I just wonder, are we tracking in the same direction? (laughs) But we work and we love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and lastly, with all our strength. I'm going to be open with you. This is my hardest one. Because the strength here is speaking to our physical health. You know, God says that our body is a wonderland. No, that's John Mayer. God's word says that our body is a temple. That when you step into relationship with Jesus, you get the indwelling of the Holy Spirit inside of you. And God just made your body his home. And that's why it is critical that we focus on physical health too. Who already got their Christmas stuff up? Me too. Yeah. I don't know if I'm like a part of the journey or I'm just being swayed by my wife at this point. But we're in it. And you step into our house, you think you're in a Hallmark movie. And it looks great. But the process to get there? I should have put that picture up. She took a picture of our living room when she took down all the decor and then all the boxes of the new decor, and it just looks like you thought we were moving. If you came to our house, like, where are you going? Nope, we're getting ready for Christmas. But as I'm lugging all these boxes up the stairs, there's a moment and I'm just like got to the top and like slid it, and I just sat there. I'm like, I need a minute. Melissa comes and looks at me and just kind of walks away. Later on, we're talking. She's like, You are getting old. I never saw you get tired like that before. I'm like, that is because I am out of shape, that I cannot walk up and down some stairs. But God cares about our physical state. If you want to love the Lord your God with all your strength, it requires that physical focus of saying, what does it look like to be healthy? Now, I'm not telling you you need to be able to bench press I don't know how many pounds or, you know, do certain kind of stretches. But just start, like, what does it look like to take a walk? Because have you ever noticed when you exercise, even if you're sore, you feel more energized? You do. And you're not alone. Nobody wants to do it beforehand. Except like the crazy folks out there. Nobody likes to work out. But once you do it, you feel good. The same comes with our eating habits. Like, man, is he preaching? Where are we... What does this have to do? I'm telling you, your body is a temple. There's the exercise and there's also what you put in, eating healthy, which I've been doing great at. It's not because of me. Some call Weight Watchers. I don't know. She's making all kinds of stuff, tastes great. She's like, how was that one? Good. She's like, oh, that was ground turkey. I hate ground turkey. Give me the beef. But if she can trick me, I'm all for it. I told you, this is my hardest one. Because when we are... Physically healthy, it gives us the energy that we need to be able to fight the battle that we are in the middle of. It is essential. I'm asking the worship team to come up, I'm almost done. But being physically healthy is essential, as well as a good night's sleep. I feel like I sound like my grandma at this point. You need a good night's sleep and a great breakfast, but you do. And that's how you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. But guess what? That's not where Jesus stops. He's like, oh, yeah, one more thing. Mark 12, 31. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And this is where I want to land the plane because it's like, all right, first, we were just talking about heart, soul, mind, strength. Sounds great. I need to get into these spiritual disciplines, start, you know, getting that workout in for my faith. But now I got to love my neighbor as myself. My friend will put it love God love people. Like this that is the motto that we're looking at here. It is love God love people. So in order to get to new heights you need a rule of life and I would encourage us to all walk out of here with love God love people as that motto. Anybody ever saw field of dreams? If you build it, fruit will come. If you build that trellis, the fruit will come. And you'll get to get to this new height and look out and say, look at this view. And we're doing it all together because when you love your neighbor, life is better together. And we love everybody always. Those are two values as Soul Revival Church because it is so incredibly important that we love those around us. We love those that are hard to love and we love those that are easy to love. But no matter what we do, we love others as we love ourselves. And for that one person in here who's just thinking, yeah, but I don't love myself. That's where those other four come in. Because the more you get to know God and you realize you were created in the image of God and that you press into that relationship with God, the more you'll be able to say, yeah, God created me. And as God created me, like I got love who he created me to be, but he's challenging me to be the things he's leading me to. But now based on that love, how do I love others through it? Jesus is calling us to love God with everything we've got and to love people. There was a different moment when this same debate was taking place. And here, this different Pharisee comes up and starts asking Jesus, hey, what is the greatest law? Jesus is like, you tell me. Don't you love when someone answers a question with a question? Like, no, I asked you a question, Jesus. You tell me. In his response, he goes right to Deuteronomy. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself, which wasn't in that part. So he must have heard about Jesus' teaching already. And Jesus says, all right, go and do it. You got it, man. But then the question was, yeah, but what does that look like? Who's my neighbor? Who do I have to love? And he shares this beautiful story about this Samaritan man that goes and helps someone beaten on the side of the road. And he is sharing, saying, that is your neighbor. That's what it looks like to love. So what does a neighbor look like? It looks like that Samaritan. And that Samaritan was someone that the Jewish people would not have liked. They didn't get along at all. But Jesus is inviting us into this space and say, I want to take you to new heights, but it's going to require a rule of life. It's going to require a trellis. And if you build it, the fruit will come. And if you build it, it starts with loving God, loving him with everything you've got. What does it look like to love him with all your passion because your heart is his? What does it look like to love him with your soul because he saved yours? What does it look like to love him with all your mind because he is worth the time it takes to get to know him better? What does it look like to love him with all your strength because he cares about the physical state of your bodies? So that you can have the health and energy to live out the purpose he's called you to. And what does it look like to love your neighbor as yourself? It looks like building that trellis. And if we build that trellis together and it looks good in your yard, in my yard, in her yard, and his yard, and these trellises are going, watch what happens. Watch the fruit that will come from it. And I want to go to new heights with new people, with friends, with family, with everybody I know. Because as we go to new heights where God is leading us, we'll look around and say, wow, look at the splendor. Look at the fruit. Because Jesus says the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. Because we're too caught up in our own junk and we're unwilling to build the trellis. Let's get to work. Work is a good thing. Work looks like building a relationship with the God of the universe that wants to spend time with us. Work looks like getting healthy and as you grow in it and you start to find purpose through it, God's saying, yeah, let me see. Let me see what we can do together because my plans are really big but you gotta keep building and I'm ready to build that trellis. Anybody else with me? Man, I'm so thankful we don't have to do it alone. Because as you think about loving your neighbor, it's just not loving those that are hard to love. It's loving those that you get to do life with. And God has brought together a family of believers here at Soul Revival Church that as we do life together and we have a hard day, that we can lean on one another. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, this morning I felt heavy-hearted. And as we had our team service before service... That's what we do. We're praising God as soon as the day starts. And my wife just brings this word and I felt the Holy Spirit hit my heart. And I'm like, man, that's what I needed today. Why? Because she's building a trellis. So when I get caught up for a minute and my trellis isn't looking so good, I can go to her and say, hey, you got some extra screws? You got a drill I can borrow? You got a hammer? Hey, I got some nails. Because as we build it together, watch what God will do. If you build it, he will produce fruit in our lives and through our lives. But it starts with submitting. See, when we raised our hands earlier, you might have seen some people raising their hands as they worship. That's a universal sign of surrender. It's saying, God, not my will, but your will be done. God, I am surrendering it all to you, and I want you to work in and through me. So do what you got to do, because I am ready, and I'm ready to follow you to wherever you lead. I'm going to surrender it to you, God. And that first act of surrender might be you in this place today saying, you know what, I need to surrender my life to Jesus. I need to say yes to a relationship with Jesus. I need to step into what it looks like to start a new life. See, because God's word says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. It's a response. It's a response to an invitation. So maybe you've never made that decision before in your life, or you know what, maybe you've been running from God for so long and you're saying, I need to rededicate my life to him today. This is an opportunity for you to respond to. To say, yes, I want to follow Jesus and I want to love the Lord, my God, with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and all my strength, and God, help me love others. And I'm going to ask if everyone would bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm going to count to three in a moment. When I get to three, if that's you today and you say, yes, I want a relationship with Jesus. Or yes, I want to rededicate my life to Jesus and start going after him with everything I've got. I ask that when I get to three, you would just shoot your hand in the air. One, you need to know that Jesus came and he died for you. Two, this is just the beginning of the story because God has got so much in store for your future. And three, if that's you, would you shoot your hand in the air today? Would you say, yes, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God, I thank you for every hand raised. I thank you for every person that said yes to a decision with you, whether for the first time or to rededicate their lives to you, God. I pray that you would speak to their heart, encourage them, and that this challenge would be a conviction to say, look, come close to me and I've got you. Come close to me and I'm with you. Let's do this together. Let's build this trellis. Let's go to new heights and see what I can do. God, thank you for inviting us into the journey. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we celebrate with all of heaven over those who made that decision today? Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.